When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're playing tour guide, offering some travel tips for the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Vicky, this is a role I think a lot of us in the Pacific Northwest play for those friends and family members that are visiting from out of town. So like I'm I'm getting married in a couple of weeks and several people who are coming in for the wedding have reached out with like some variation on the same question, which is like, hey, I'm exploring the Northwest for a week or two. Where should I go? And that's like a very broad question with a, a lot of a lot of potential answers. Yeah. This past year, my partner and I have had so many visitors. I think because we just absolutely rave to people how much we love living in Oregon, uh, (laughs) it has meant that a lot of friends and family have come to town. And, you know, in this episode, we're going to cover a big portion of the Pacific Northwest, but even just trying to narrow it down to stuff within two hours of Portland, it's really hard because I want to show everyone all of my favorite spots and cram it into like even like a long weekend. There's a lot to see and do. So (laughs) we have a lot of territory to cover. Yes. I think a couple of things before we start, you know, we're, we're in Portland. So I think a lot of our experience stems from people flying into Portland, going from there. Obviously, a lot of these spots can be the same, whether you're in Seattle, you're in Salem, you know, Eugene or whatever. Um, but the idea is, you know, people flying in here and I, you know, a weekend is hard to jam a lot in. You kind of have to pick one or two things. So I've kind of think about like, you know, I had this conversation recently with a couple um, who were here for a week and um, how, what, what should I see? How do I prioritize myself for like a week of travel? So I think speaking kind of like from that, frame of reference will get us started. But just know that obviously there's a lot of different ways to do this based on where you're starting, how much time you have, what your transportation is like, all of that. Exactly. All right. Well, where should we start it off? Day zero, people (laughs) arrive in Portland. Where do we go to? Well, I I think, you know, you got to do Portland, right? Um, Yeah. What I tell people is that Portland is a town where we eat 
that is what we do here. That is our <laughs> so culture. True. Yeah. Um, so the question is like, where, where am I eating and where am I walking off that food? Um, so, you know, just a couple of things, this is not a Portland centric thing, but a couple of things, you know, obviously the Japanese garden, um, mm-hmm. any of the restaurants, I'm not even going to bother getting into which restaurants there's too many, um, <laughs> read our dining guides, <laughs> but like Japanese garden, the Rose garden, Mount Tabor, um, you know, forest park, there's a lot of places to walk, a lot of places to eat spend at least a day or two doing that. Um, maybe see a museum, um, check out the city. I think that's, that's, that's the first thing. Go to a soccer game. Oh my God. Go to a soccer game. Yeah, definitely. If the, if the, if the thorns or timbers are playing, definitely go see one. My gosh. Okay. So yeah, spend a few days in Portland, eat all the great food and then we're going off. We're exploring from here. Mm -hmm. So I think obviously you got to go to Mount Hood and the Columbia River Gorge. Two big hitters very close to Portland. Where would you head to first, though, Jamie? Honestly, what I tell people to do, if especially if they're only here for a weekend, um, do the Mount Hood Columbia River Gorge loop. That is like that. That's a way to get get you into a little bit of everything. Stop off at Multnomah Falls, stop in Hood River, maybe do the Fruit Loop if you're there. And then stop off at Timberline Lodge. But basically, like Multnomah Falls on one side, Timberline Lodge on the other. That gets you Oregon's tallest waterfall, Oregon's tallest mountain. You can do it in a day, see the whole thing. I, I think that's a really reasonable way to get both of those in um, to one trip. That's also something where uh, you're going to continue on with the good eats of uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Plenty of dining options um, in Hood River and even <laughs> even up in Mount Hood. So, um, sure. <laughs> some. <laughs> a little stretch, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are some options there. And obviously, you're going to see Timberline Lodge. Um, known for being featured in The Shining and um, <laughs> doing some great hikes there too. So yeah, I think yeah. that was that's a great suggestion for a first day of exploring outside of Portland. And obviously there's more to do in the gorge. There's more to do in Mount Hood. We're not going to get too deep into all those things because we've, we've frankly, we've done that before <laughs> recently. So check out our, our other episodes and guides if you want to get more into that. Um, but Hood Gorge, like you said, Vicky, great place to start. Where are you sending people next? What is like next on your list of like areas you've got to check out in the Northwest? Right. So after you've seen Portland, you've seen Mount Hood. Uh, so city, you got mountain, you got to go to the beach, you got to go to the coast. Yes. So, you know, if this is your first time in Oregon and you have not been to the coast yet, I hate to say it, you got to go to Cannon Beach. Like you do. <laughs> you do. Without fail, every one of my visitors I've taken out to Cannon Beach, it's just it's so stunning seeing Haystack Rock. And listen, I know it gets crowded. It's touristy, but it's such a large stretch of beach. I it does not get old to me in my opinion. Like I freaking love it. Oh, um yeah. So, I would say Go to Cannon Beach, spend some time. You can do, go to the little shops around town. You can grab lunch there as well. And you can go hiking on the coast. For that reason, Cannon Beach uh, is my <laughs> choice for like a, maybe like a day three type of thing. Um, and I, th- again, this is a place where you can easily stay the night and stay longer if you'd like. A great choice. 
a sunset at a haystack rock is like a prime Oregon experience, I think. Um, and, you know, going out to Astoria and doing like Astoria down to Cannon Beach and back, there's that kind of loop is, is a nice way to do it. Also, though, I got to say the the bus to Cannon Beach, I just did this recently. Um, I, we, did a, we did a day trip, just the bus in the morning from Portland to uh-huh. Cannon Beach. We're there for, I think, about eight hours and then caught the bus back in the evening back to Portland. And it was great. Didn't have to worry about parking or driving. Um, got to like take a nap while on the drive home, you know, <laughs> and like uh, so got to see everything, walk around town. So, you know, if, especially if folks are in town and they don't have a car, the bus to Cannon Beach is a great car-free way to get out and see the coast. So highly recommend doing that as well. Did you do that on a weekend, Jamie? Yeah, I did that on Saturday. How crowded is the bus? Like, have people caught on to this idea yet? Not, not really. Um, we, on the way up, I would say the bus was like half full. Um, they had like a lot of seats that weren't even like, open they weren't even in use um the way back it was it was the day of hood to coast so we had some hood to coast runners taking the bus back which is pretty interesting mm-hmm. um but like it, it has not caught on at all um people still i think like the freedom of driving but i love this as a way for people coming in from out of town if you don't i mean you can rent a car and see a lot of stuff but if you don't you can if you just want to see portland and spend a day at the beach it was like 37 dollars round trip per person wow really inexpensive um, and really easy to do. You can take the bus from Union Station to downtown Cannon Beach. No problem. Wow. Okay. So we've hit Portland. We've hit Mount Hood, the Oregon coast. Next up, Olympic National Park. Yes. Yes. This is where I send people next. Absolutely. You you do need a car to get there um, to really see it. And you do need, I think, um, at least one overnight there. Um, two nights is great. Um, one at least. So it, it takes a while to get up there, a few hours to drive up to Olympic. But um, I tell people you've got the coast at like Rialto Beach uh, any, or any other number of beaches. You have um, the, the deep rainforest. Um, the, the Hall of Mosses hike and the whole rainforest is really great. Um, there's um, mountains at uh hurricane ridge or some other bigger hikes but like if you want to do some deep hiking you can spend the number of days there exploring all those wilderness trails but if you just want to drive up and get in there rialto beach hall of mosses hurricane ridge um you're set that gets you all the things um you can do it pretty quickly pretty easily uh i mean but we're talking about just big 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 incredible nature up in olympic it is uh, one of my very favorite spots in the world. This is one I still have not been to Olympic, oh uh, but some of my close friends that live in Seattle have been. Um, just just to note that if you are trying to camp there, you know you got to get your reservations mm-hmm. ahead of time. Don't get stuck just like driving around, which I have heard stories of. So, um, but yeah, this I would love to make it up there at some point, and um, yeah. You, because there are areas where you can actually camp on the beach here, right? Yeah. I mean, unlike the Oregon coast, I mean, we, the Oregon coast is a lot of like Highway 101 straight down the coast with beach towns, right? The Washington coast, um, you have a lot of industry taking up the coastline. Um, you also have some reservations that are sort of closed off, um, some of the tribes up there. And then you have wilderness. So the Washington coast is very different 
you're not having those like on the beach, beach towns, you're not having like those side of the highway views for as much, but that means you can do backpacking along the coast, um, which is really, frankly, very cool. Um, so, you know, you don't, if you don't have a place to stay, if you can secure a backpacking permit, which you do need to get ahead of time, you can camp on the beach. Um, there's some like established campsites that are above the high tide line and some little inlets. It's a very, very cool spot. Yeah, I think that's my dream trip. If I go up there, I'm trying to like do a backpacking trip and, you know, set up camp, wake up, like open up my tent, see an incredible view of the Mm -hmm. ocean. That's that is uh, right up my alley there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll talk, Vicky. I got I got Rex for you. Okay. (laughs) So, Vicky, after Olympic National Park, we're kind of looking at, I don't know, a lot of other stuff still. So what what is what is still at the top of the list for you in terms of recommendations for people? Top of the list for recommendations for people. Also, another top of the list of things that I've been like pining to do and I haven't gotten <laughs> there yet is go to yet another national park in Washington I haven't been to, Mount Rainier. Biggest mountain in the Northwest. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place with a lot of really good access. Mount Rainier is phenomenal. I'll be honest, I've only been there, I think, once, maybe twice. I've not explored nearly enough of Mount Rainier. Um, it's a whole thing. Uh, there's similar to Mount Hood, there's lodges, there's restaurants, there's stuff to do, there's a thousand hikes, backpacking, yeah. alpine wildflowers. I mean, yeah. it's just like we could do a whole episode and probably should, frankly, on Mount Rainier. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, I tell people, um, paradise is the place, um, that's most accessible there. Um, there's a lodge and there's some really good hiking there. So check out paradise, but also sunrise on the other side of the mountain is a place I've not been to that is supposed to be just fabulous for Mm -hmm. obviously sunrise. Um, so yeah, do send people to Mount Rainier. It is a bit more of like a a thing, like similar to Olympic, you, you really got to spend some time to appreciate it, especially for driving all that way, but, um, definitely worth sending people to. Yeah. I've seen so many videos of people waking up in the middle of the night to go do a sunrise hike to a fire lookout and <laughs> the images, the videos are insanely beautiful. Uh, so again, one day I will get there and it is very high up on my list. Well, if you're going to be up at Mount Rainier, of course, you have to talk about Seattle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> I know, you know, we're in Portland and people in Portland <laughs> don't love to talk about Seattle, acknowledge its, its existence or that anything happens there. I like Seattle quite a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of great stuff to do there. Uh, the museum culture in Seattle is phenomenal. The Mopop mm-hmm. Museum, uh, Living Computer Museum, um, the Chihuly Museum. My gosh. Yep. There's a pinball museum there that's also very cool. I mean, just so many things to do there. Um, So many cool neighborhoods. I like the Fremont neighborhood a lot. Um, Obviously, good food in Seattle. You're going to find farmer's market. Oh, yeah. Good coffee. Um, I do like uh, some of the coffee in Seattle better than Portland. Um, (laughs) Hate to admit it, but it's true. Uh, So just really... Obviously, you can spend a couple of nights in Seattle exploring all of that. Um, we won't talk too much about it because, you know, we don't want to make our <laughs> Portland audience too mad. <laughs> oh, man. 
all of this that we've talked about so far makes a pretty good sort of Portland to Seattle trip. And I think a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll fly into Portland, fly out of Seattle. And so if you are doing that, it, it, that's, I think, a really perfect way to explore the Northwest. You could put a period at the end of everything we've said, and you're good. You're yeah. set. Of course, that leaves like still so much. I think a lot of people here are like, have a, a favorite spot that we haven't mentioned um, because there's a thousand of them. So I think for this second half of the show, Vicky, let's let's talk about those spots, spots that are either, you know, um, too far, maybe too niche or maybe just like not as good as people want them to be. What is first on your list of those types of items? I think it's the first one that people ask me about, which is hot springs. Um, I just I, I, I get this so many times from people. Where are the hot springs I can go check out? I saw a picture of this place online of like these hot springs in the woods and it looks so romantic. Where is that? How do I get there? Um, and the first thing I tell people is that they're not as good as you want them to be. I'm sure I've said this a thousand times in the show before. So apologies for anyone who's like, Jamie, get off that soapbox. But like (laughs) (laughs) these, because they're so remote and rustic and in the woods, they do get a little bit of abuse and they are harder to keep up. Um, whether it's like, tubs falling apart or like you've got to like bucket your own hot water in or it's people are letting their dogs into the hot springs. Um, they're just not as nice as you want them to be. I, I like a, a, a place that is more built up and taken care of like a Brighton Bush hot spring. So I, if I send people to Brighton Bush, if they're looking for that experience, because you get the hot springs in the woods, but you also get like upkeep and, um, people who care about keeping it nice. So, I tell people, forget about the one you saw on whatever that OregonLife.com list you read and just just go to Brighton Bush and enjoy yourself. Right. There are places like Umqua Hot Springs that are mm-hmm. very much romanticized. And uh, usually I really enjoy when people post pictures at them and then go, uh, in reality, like I had to wait 30 minutes to get this photo. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, people were naked all around me and I had to wait for like a certain angle for this photo to happen. The transparency is real. Uh, <laughs> but um, agreed that if you were to have a bit more time, I would highly recommend getting down to Brighton Bush Hot Springs. And it's a much more enjoyable experience, um, a little bit cleaner, you know? Yeah. Plus it comes with a, a meal. You know, you got to pay some yeah. money to get there, but yeah, you get a meal out of it. Um, you got a place to park. It's no, no issue. Exactly. All right. I will offer my niche spot uh, up in Washington uh, that's a little bit too far away if you're just here for a week, but um, that's going to be Leavenworth, oh, um, yeah. the Bavarian-themed town of Leavenworth, a gateway town to the enchantments. Uh, you could spend multiple days hiking and backpacking through the enchantments if you're lucky enough to get one of those lottery spots um, or just day hike there. But it is so cool. You can go to a reindeer farm. You can eat giant pretzels <laughs> and brats, uh, experience Oktoberfest. But yeah, it's a little bit of a drive out there. And um, you're you're traveling quite far east to get there. So it's a really fun time, though. <laughs> it, it's a great spot. It, it's one of those places I've described to some people from not this area, and they go, it sounds kind of weird. 
you know, which, it kind of is. Um, it's really cool, but like not everyone's into it. And I think that's kind of, there's a lot of places like that where like super cool, not everyone's seen. Um, right. One I think about like this is Willamette Valley wine country. Mm. If you're a wine person, my gosh, you've got to get to Willamette Valley wine country. Dundee, McMinnville, you know, seeing all of those little wineries, doing the drive, doing the tastings. You can do a horseback tasting out there. A lot of cool stuff. But like, if you're not into wine, it's not, it's not going to be that great. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and, you know, Mount St. Helens is another one um, mm -hmm. that like is, I, I love. I grew up there going there as a kid. Like that, when I was growing up, that was like our go-to place we took like friends and family in town. Because it right. had like recently blown up and it was still like in our public consciousness. People today are like an erupted volcano. I don't know. Like, what do I do there? I just look at like a big debris field and I'm like, yes, a big debris field from a <laughs> volcano that erupted like so recently. Um, if you're not a volcano nerd, you might not care about mine St. Helens and doing that big drive out there. So kind of a niche experience. But if you've got someone who's into that, I recommend it. Yeah. And just incredible hiking everywhere around St. Oh, Helens. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Another spot on our list here is Bend. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're kind of up towards Portland, Seattle area, it's just a bit further of a drive to get toward Bend. I love Bend. Mm -hmm. I've really only spent probably a cumulative like three days there in my experience, but uh, I always leave wanting to stay longer and obviously access to Cascades and past episode talking about hiking South Sister and uh, just, you know, being out by the river. Incredible spot. It's, it's a place that is a lot of people's destination. And I think if you're like a mountain biking person um, you know, or like a kayaking person, like if you, if you, if everything, if you look at Bend and you go, Oh, that's a place for me, take the time, spend a few days, go out there. Uh, if you're just a casual traveler, you might enjoy Bend just fine, but it might not be, it's not Olympic. It's not Mount Hood. It's not those sort of like, you know, big attractions you might be looking for. So for that reason, I don't send a lot of people out to Bend who are trying to do the Northwest experience. Um, and I think this is something that's that's interesting to me. That's true of I think the whole high desert of Oregon and Washington as a whole. Um, something that I do when people ask me like what they should see out here, I say, "Well, are you interested in oceans, mountains, forests, or deserts?" Yeah. And they always go, "Desert." There's a desert in in Oregon, and I'm like, "Yes, it's like <laughs> two thirds of our state is like desert." Um, but people aren't don't seem to be that excited about it is what I've found. I love the desert, um, mm -hmm. but it, that's not I think a lot of travelers aren't as into that. So if you've got someone who is into that vibe and they want to see the desert stuff, that's a whole other conversation. But in general, I don't send people out there unless they are excited about it. Makes sense. Makes sense. OK, other spots that are just a little too far away for a week, week and a half trip to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. The places where you're like, oh, it'd be so great to get there. These are some of like the best spots, but like, mm, it's just, it's a little too much. Um, right. Crater Lake is always at the top of that list. Um, we love Crater Lake. Yeah. It's, it's at least four hour drive to get there from Portland. There's not a ton, like very close to Crater Lake. Mm -hmm. You're out there, 
You're lucky if you find a grocery store within like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a ton of places to stay at Crater Lake also. Um, which, and, but it's a really hard, like you don't, it's not a day trip. Yeah. You can't, you don't go to Crater Lake and back in one day. That's, that seems frankly insane. Yeah. Um, so it's a little, it's tough, but it is one of the most beautiful places in the Northwest. Yeah. So. Like this is, this is not us knocking Crater Lake. It is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, incredible bike ride. If you are into that going around the rim of Crater Lake highly recommend you can jump into the freezing water if that is your thing and obviously a ton of great hikes around there as well Uh, another one for me is san juan islands um which again is one of like my very favorite places in the world um you know it the orca watching there uh the island hopping some really incredible food some great views it's just a you've got to drive all the way up to olympic peninsula from portland then get on a ferry and then like, you know, get, it's just a, it's a whole experience. Um, if you're up and starting in Seattle, maybe it's a bit easier for you. Um, but you know, if you've got the time do it, but it just is a little bit too much, I think. Yeah. Uh, another Washington item, North Cascades national park, mm-hmm. um, would be an incredible time to hike there. Uh, coming up here in the fall to see the changing colors. Um, that's something that's been on my list. But again, it's just been so when I think about like traveling that far up north to get there, I'm like, oh, this is I'm going to take some days off to do this, make like a very long weekend out of it. But from what I've seen, it is incredibly beautiful. <laughs> that's a place that I, I have not been to yet. It's like one of the biggest places on my like to do list in the Northwest, just because it is so far up there. Um, I mean, it's the very, very northern. You're practically in Canada, right there. So, right. I mean, it's from Portland. It's like what, like a six-hour drive? I want to say. I think so. And here's the thing: I've been wanting to do it to see the changing of the colors in the fall, specifically like seeing the larches and. But the hikes that I have found that I want to do, you have to hit that sweet spot in the fall where uh, it's not quite cold enough where you're going to run into like the snowfall yet, um, but still see the changing of the colors. So it's I feel like every year I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I could go this weekend or the weekend after, and then I wait too long and there's like a foot of snow on the ground. So <laughs> yeah, very narrow window very far drive. And that combination means a lot of people don't go there. And it's a lot of reasons. And it's pretty rugged too. Like if you're not into doing a bunch of hiking, that's, that's what you do there. It's not like the same as Mount Rainier where you've got like lodges and restaurants and blah, blah, blah. You, you're going up there to do some hiking. Exactly. Okay. Anything else that's just a little too far away? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about the desert generally, the high desert. There's so many cool things to do in the high desert. Um, that are just, again, so far to go for like what what might seem unimpressive to somebody. Um, and then this, I mean, just the rest of the Oregon coast. We talked about Cannon Beach and the North Coast, but the South Coast, oh, Vicky, incredibly oh beautiful. A bit of a drive to get there. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like if you're going all the way, the furthest point in the Southern Oregon coast, it's going to be six hours from Portland. But oh my gosh, the coastline... 
<laughs> so good. So, so rugged. Good. And uh, really cute towns along the Southern Oregon coast as well. But yeah, this was something that one of my most recent visitors, <laughs> I was so blown away by Boardman Corridor that I was like, you have to make it down there. <laughs> like pl- add some time onto your trip, go and make the drive. Um, so again, if, if the coast is something you're wanting to see, you know, maybe plan your trip around making it down there and just spending less time elsewhere. Yeah. You know, all of this makes me just feel like, you know, gosh, how lucky are we to be in this, not just in this region, but like in Portland is also like very centrally located in this region to where we can get to the Oregon coast. We can get to the mountains, the gorge, um, Olympic, and, you know, all these places are within access to us here. It's this embarrassment of riches of, you know, you come out and spend a week traveling around and you're barely scratching the surface. You spend a lifetime exploring this area and you're still missing out on stuff. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. It is. It truly is an embarrassment of riches. And sometimes I tell my family back on the East Coast, like what I was up to for the weekend and like how much I've been able to fit in, especially in these summer weekends of like going camping and then going and floating the river and then going <laughs> to Rockaway Beach and a campfire on the coast. And <laughs> they're just like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? <laughs> are you working? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really, it's really something. But you know what? All these things are great excuses for friends and family to come back again. So yes, if they're like, yes. oh man, I missed out on X, Y, and Z. Well, hey, that just means you got to come back and visit again. Exactly. A one week trip, you are not going to fit everything in. And there are so many things that make this region incredible. When when Sadie's family is here for our wedding, I'm really going to be like, you know, all this good stuff. Great reason to come out more and visit out here. DC is great. But you know what's also great? The entire Pacific Northwest. So come on out and see it. Yeah. I uh, My devious plan is to not have myself make those long like seven hour flights across the country and just mm-hmm. simply have more family and friends visit me here make other people make those long flights uh, out here. Uh-huh. i didn't want to explicitly say it but- <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well folks so much so much here in this um i hope that's helpful whether you're visiting out here for the first time or you have visitors coming out here to, to check stuff out um, obviously more than we could ever mention, but I hope this is a really nice uh, starting point. But I think that will wrap things up for today. So until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>